At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast with Tim Benz, presented by Bet Rivers. It is another edition of the Pittsburgh CityCast. Tim Benz with our weekly conversation with Mike Persuda of the DVE Morning Show. The U.S. Open begins on Thursday, and Bet Rivers is giving you extra reasons to tune in and play. Just log in each day of the U.S. Open and receive a free profit boost to power up your tournament bet. Every round, a new boost for you to use before the round starts or while players are on the course. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Make your U.S. Open bets every day and get an extra boost while doing it at BetRivers. Go to the BetRivers app or visit BetRivers.com. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Mike, will you be betting on any golf this weekend? No. Have you tried golf to gamble on, or is that just... I have not. I couldn't begin to tell you. Uh, I mean, it, to me, it's a total guess, even when you have somebody that, uh, you know, a Tiger Woods or somebody that's winning three out of four or four out of seven or, you know, I, I can't handicap golf. I, I can't play golf, although I enjoy it because it's one of those sports, much like softball, that you can drink while you're playing it. So uh, that's big on my list. Uh, I will be watching the U.S. Open, Tim, and I will still be licking my wounds over the uh, profound implosion yeah, the, let's get bet, right to that. Yeah, bet the second game of the doubleheader based on who won the first game. Uh, I, I there's a line in uh, Born to Run uh, where Springsteen says, "Will you walk with me out on the wire? Because baby, I'm just a scared and lonely rider, and I got to find out how it feels." Uh, I walked out on the wire with our Bucks yesterday against my better instincts, 
second game in St. Louis, because as we've been talking for what, six weeks now, maybe longer than that. It's a hot trend that the teams that lose the first game have been winning the second game way more often than not. And I tested that with pirates at Cardinals. I knew Bryce Wilson's not very good. I know I knew he hadn't been very good against the Cardinals this year in limited work. And Nicholas is good. And I bet it anyway. And one pitch in, it's one to nothing. And three, <laughs> three batters in, it's three to nothing. And that gave me a chance to uh, start catching up on the latest season of Peaky Blinders. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about that? What's the uh, over-under and how quickly you finished that one? I love that show. That's one of my favorite shows of all time. I'm about two episodes in. Um, I think they've gotten onto a death spiral that they can't get out of, which is like they are they are neck deep in this whole political angle. And I have enough trouble following American politics. Following British politics from the 1930s is a bit out of my depth. This stuff gets confusing to me, but I want Tommy to go back to drinking five or six times before he shoots somebody like that. That needs to come back to the show. He's doing this sobriety kick right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm a little down on that as well. I, I'm hoping that's a temporary thing, much like the game two loss in uh, a doubleheader. Because, you know, let's let's rewind it back to Saturday. Well, I was wondering if you were going to do it. Like, I saw the pitching matchup. I felt the circumstances. The Pirates had lost eight in a row, and I was wondering if you were just going to walk away from this one. But you tempted fate because it would have been one of those great hits of all time if it had come through for you. Plus, it was, it was plus 185. Yeah. Yeah. But the Pirates were also, you know, as you mentioned, had lost eight in a row. And what do I always say about streaks? Ride them out, right? Yeah, look, those conflicts did come into play yesterday, didn't a, they? A conflict should make it a pass. You know, okay, wait till the next doubleheader. But uh, greed, pride, hubris, uh, temporary insanity. I went. Well, Mike, wrong. here's the good news. We're talking about the Pirates. You can wait until the next eight-game losing streak because they'll have one. Yeah, it might be 16 when we're doing this next week. Uh, <laughs> I want to rewind back to Saturday, though, because I sent you a text Saturday morning, and it ties in with what we're talking about here. Yeah. And that was uh, the first game that I gave you was Cincinnati-St. Louis under eight. This mm -hmm. was uh, my guy Hunter Green against Adam Wainwright, the owner of the Pirates, only he was playing against the Reds. I thought this was going to go under eight. It was four to three in the ninth inning. There were two outs in the ninth inning. There was... There was nobody on base. Then there was a guy on base. And then Tommy Edmond, the guy who hit the first pitch out in yeah. game two last night, he goes yard in St. Louis, the walk-off two-run dinger. So I lose that one. But uh, the bounce back was Colorado at San Diego, doubleheader. San Diego wins the first game two to one in 10 innings. I just bet Colorado in the second game. I didn't even know who was pitching. I just bet the Rockies. They won six to two because normally that's what teams in the second game of a doubleheader do. And then the third uh, part of that trifecta I texted you was Tampa Bay in a clinching scenario. Lightning two, Rangers one. So a two-to-one day there, and uh, it was a, a pitch or two away from being 3-0. and oh. But uh, as we uh, keep reminding ourselves, Tim, nothing is certain in life or gambling. No, and I'm still living off the high of that Yankees comeback against the Twinkies. That one just tickled my fancy, and I can't get over that. A win like that minimally got me above my line for the week, and I, I wanted that to pay off more, Mike. That was such a big comeback. I should be celebrating that even more than I am. Yeah, except Yankees-Twins, is uh, the result is in before the game begins. So, I mean, <laughs> it might have been goofy circumstances, but uh, – 
Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a bet you should keep making, even if Garrett Cole gives up four home runs. Jump jump on the end game and get some good odds because you know you know how that play ends. Uh, one other note from Saturday: the Angels beat the Mets eleven to six, and that uh, that set up a nice Sunday night baseball play. Uh, as I've been talking about as well, the Mets really good after a loss this season. They beat the Angels Sunday night. The Angels had the good taste not even to play Otani. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> Mets four angels. One, uh, your New York Mets are 15 and four after a loss this season. That's a pretty good play as well. Are you feeling better about the NBA finals? I know you're having some Draymond green angst midway through the week. I'm not, uh, to the point that, uh, I'll remind people, uh, uh, you might, uh, you may or may not remember when we talked about this series last week, you jumped on the Celtics for personal reasons. Yes. I, I jumped on the Warriors for personal reasons. No uh, analysis or uh, any kind of uh, knowledge, but uh, I'm, I've watched a lot of it. It's been entertaining. If Golden State doesn't win game six, I'm going to hedge out for game seven because I have, no, I still, Warriors are up three, two. I have no idea how this is going to end, and I'm not going to lose on it. I had my fun with it. I've been watching, I've been rooting. I had a gambling interest, so the rooting was uh, more intense than just sitting around. Oh, that was a good shot. Um, yeah, if they don't finish it off in six, the Celtics will be underdogs in game seven, and I'll hedge that out and at least take a push. Well, that's what thing. I'm thinking about trying to do. Like, do I want to just watch the last two games and root for the Celtics to win? Because I had two different bets. I had the Celtics in six to well, try to hit happening. a home run. Yeah. That's not happening. So do I just watch the last two games and hopefully my Celtics will win the series prediction, pays off at plus money, or do I hedge it and bet golden state to win it either in six or seven like I'm, I'm i'm still debating that in my head i think you got to ride it out because you're in a tougher spot um it, you could hedge it on golden state and they could lose uh, in game six yes and you could and you could still lose the whole thing right i'm yes. waiting i'm waiting to see if i win in game six and if i don't boston's going to be the underdog on the road so i'll be able to uh play that and and cover I had Golden State as a favorite initially, then I bet them again after they lost game one. So I, I think I have it like around 420 to win three, something like that. I, I, can, I can make the math work on that for game seven, but uh, you're in a tougher spot. My advice to you is to uh, A, drink heavily, and B, keep going. The pivot point was game four. That's where I got screwed was game four. You know, if they had won game four, I'd feel better about it. But, you know, that that is what swung the series. When Steph went off, they'd everything was going as I planned for the first three games. And then game four happened. And that's what screwed the whole thing. Yeah. Game five didn't help you either when Curry couldn't fall out of a water and fall out, right. of, a boat, fall out of a boat and hit water. And the Warriors won anyway. I didn't see that coming. I don't think that happens again. Now, I don't know if he has a game like that again, but uh, even. Golden State was ahead in game five the vast majority of the time, but I never felt comfortable for some reason. Because Curry wasn't playing great and the game wasn't going according to Hoyle. You know, like that's yeah. that's what it was. That it must just, have been it. You felt like there's something amiss the whole night from both teams, so that kind of bet can go wrong at any point. I think yeah, that they were something to do with it. They were ahead double digits early, but they should have been blowing them out in the first half. And then the third quarter was an abject disaster until the last minute plus. And then uh, they got off to a good start in the fourth quarter. I couldn't tell you which direction that series is headed, but it has been fun for a guy who rarely, if ever, watches the NBA. That's been fun. Back to the Buckos. We're going to ride out the streak again today. Bet on a St. Louis Cardinals sweep or what? 
boy, it'd almost be silly to now, uh, you know, based on what we saw. That was as bad, uh, you know, the first game, four errors. Um, the second game, we've already talked about the, you know, the batting practice pitching, and uh, they didn't get a hit until uh, they were down to their last strike. Um, I did uh, – I went against our Bucks on Monday as part of a three-teamer because Mitch Keller was pitching. And uh, I'm going to keep uh, – they think he's pitching better. I'm going to keep going against him, re, regurgitating or revising uh, bet against Mitch Keller blank day. <laughs> Tim, he's 2-5 and five this year. He's got nine wins in 49 career starts. He's nine and 22 overall. I know that decision-wise personally, yeah. but Hey, you don't bet on the person. Well, you can, but we don't bet on the personal guy usually. And the pirates are 16 and 33 in his 49 career starts. <sighs> there you they go. Throw guys, they're throwing guys out there that just don't win. Bryce and he, Wilson, right. And he Bryce hasn't Wilson been... doesn't win. JT Brubaker doesn't win and you turn on the team oh he's locating the four seamer oh he's getting ahead of guys oh this is encouraging oh this is a step ahead. no it's not they don't win the big thing is now that he's incorporating a sinker and he used his curveball effectively and no he hasn't been bad the last three or four starts but you know this is the kind of stuff that we tend to hyper focus on with the pirates like we grant them these Little t tiny victories because we can never give them a real one is what yeah. it amounts to. And because you just get tired of saying they stink, they're not competitive, they're not going to compete. It's boring. It's uh, it's Groundhog Day, but it is. I mean, game one of that doubleheader uh, in St. Louis on Tuesday was their 60th game of the year, and they had two more guys make their major league debuts in that game. Jason DeLay, the catcher, and uh, the pinch hitter, Kanan Smith Najigma, whose claim to fame is his brother's a really good outfielder at the or a really good wide receiver at the Ohio State University. Mm -hmm. Nine guys in 60 games making their major league debuts. This isn't a baseball team, it's a tryout camp. And <laughs> a lot of the guys that are coming up and trying out, they have no plans on keeping. You know, like this is, um, this is what the Steelers do in between mini camp and OTAs. You know, there's, Anybody out there want to take a look at? We got some time, you know, like rookie camp. Yeah, rookie camp, basically. Yeah. You know, bring, just, in, for, bring in 40 guys and uh, some of them are your draft picks and you might keep one or two of the rest and take them to training camp. But yeah, it's it's absurd. Uh, the other two thirds of that uh, three teamer on Monday, uh, Kansas City at San Francisco. And again, you like to find a good team against a crappy team and work it into a parlay. So the odds come back into your favor. And uh, my guy, Alec Manoa in Toronto, Baltimore at Toronto, Manoa eight and one this season. The Jays are nine and three in his 12 starts. Uh, that guy is uh, really good. They won that game 11 to one. Um, one other little nugget uh, based on uh, keeping tabs on the bucks, just because I happen to work in Pittsburgh. Uh, when Quintana lost to Atlanta last Sunday, uh, the Braves improved to 16 and six against lefties this year. They've won 11 in a row against lefties uh, off. They're off uh, on Thursday. I don't know who's pitching on Friday, but uh, look for uh, a lefty to oppose the Braves and then go the other way. Do we like the Rays at plus 123 against the Yankees with McClanahan pitching against Cortez? The over under is at seven. I don't think a Yankee game, the over-under should ever be at seven. How about you? A lot of bats. 
You know, like the over is plus 104 in that game. I get it. I've told you before, I've always big on trying to find good pitcher versus good pitcher and then go under, and I've been burned by it too much. So I saw this matchup, and I said, oh, wait a minute. This one stinks to high heaven. This is definitely an over. Now, of course, I expect two to one. But I'm leaning over seven and a half or seven, wherever it falls. And uh, I'm leaning leaning towards the Rays because – McClanahan's paid off for me a couple times this year. I'm getting bias with him. He's been good for me. In terms of the under thing, did I mention uh, Hunter Green against Adam Wainwright? <laughs> you're right, exactly. Because you're uh, betting on the bullpens too much in those situations. Yeah, and in terms of the uh, Toronto or the um, Tampa thing, I, I'm going to have a hard time betting against the Yankees the rest of the year. At least that's the way I feel today. Um, they're, they're winning at a pretty good rate. Another game that sort of strikes my fancy as far as good value goes is the Mets at plus 112 against Milwaukee. I know Burns is pitching for Milwaukee, but, you know, sort of to the point of how the pitcher doesn't necessarily determine the outcome. And I think a lot of gamblers are on the train of wins and losses with pitchers don't mean much in Major League Baseball analysis. I mean, he's only won three times. I know he's great. But, you know, you give me the Mets at plus money at this stage of the season, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. I'm going to wait till they lose again. And then uh, I'll, I'll catch up with them uh, coming off a loss. So that's That's been, again, 15 and four this year. Maybe I should just get back to my old theory of bet against the bad team as often as, huge, as humanly possible. What about the Red Sox and A's? Uh, Red Sox minus 200 against the A's. Uh, the A's now 21 and 42. They've lost 10 of 11. Uh, they're, let's see, seven and 23 at home. Actually, this is a road game. That one's in Boston. So that one doesn't come into play so much. The home road splits, but that's a good team to just hammer. I found myself having a lot of success seeking out the A's, putting them on a parlay, or if I just need a layup, uh, that's been a good team to go against this year. Yeah, they are, uh, struggling mightily. Their, uh, their performance numbers this season are kind of where the pirates are. Uh, in terms of uh, among the worst in the league. Uh, sparkling winning percentage of 0.333. Uh, <laughs> o- only the Royals are doing worse at uh, 0.328. And that uh, Bucko nine-game losing streak has left the Pirates one and nine in their last 10. That matches the Cubs and your Oakland A's for the worst 10-game uh, split at present in Major League Baseball. I don't think they're going to make a movie about this year's A's. Padres plus 117. uh, Generally speaking, a pretty good road team going up against the Chicago Cubs who are uh, somewhat mysteriously 136 favorites. I kind of like the Padres there. If you're hunting for various formulas to come up with a parlay or something like that, the Padres always good on the road, Mike, 22 and 11 on the road. Uh, that's something that stands out to me that I kept waiting for that number to correct. And it hasn't yet. Yeah. I'm trying to check here real quick. Are the Cubs uh, pitching the statue of Fergie Jenkins or uh, no, they're how, not. Uh, wait, that I, I just had it and I lost it here. It's uh, uh, somebody that doesn't even have a win on the season. The yes. matchup is Caleb Ki- uh, Killian, Killian. Yeah. Caleb Killian and Ryan Weathers. Weathers, was he an ex-pirate or did the Pirates think about getting him? I think the Pirates were about to get him, right? Wasn't he going to be part of a trade that they were going to get? That must be it. He has the stink of pirate on him, so everybody's betting the other way. The Cubs stink. 
So uh, those are a couple ideas for you to consider when uh, you start yeah. making your baseball bets. This for is the day. kind of in-depth analysis you get on this podcast. The Cubs stink. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk at length about the Steelers. Mike and I wrapped up mini camp. We're looking forward to training camp. That's around the corner. And hockey we'll get too. into the hockey conversation as well with the Stanley Cup finals. That's coming up for you next. This is the Pittsburgh City Cast. Bet River Sportsbook is offering new customers a deposit match up to $250 when you sign up today. In addition to their welcome bonus, Bet Rivers has daily and ongoing promotions that can provide extra value. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com today to sign up. Presented by Rivers Casino Pittsburgh, must be 21 gambling problem. Call 1 800 Gambler. It is the Pittsburgh CityCast. We are brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the app today or go to betrivers.com. Mike Pursuit of Tim Benz continuing to motor along here today on a Wednesday. Listen to Mike on the DVE morning show, and you can listen to both of us. For all of our Steelers coverage, we're going to start talking about training camp a little bit now that minicamp has officially wrapped up. But, Mike, before we do that, Stanley Cup playoffs. The finals are underway tonight. It is the Avalanche. Final. Final. The NBA, the NBA is finals. Yes, you're right. The multiple finals in the NBA with the multiple ways that we're betting. Yeah. Uh, hopefully it doesn't get that complex for us in the final for the Stanley Cup championship. Uh, by the way, did you bet any on the QMJHL, the OHL with the Windsor Spitfires and Hamilton Bulldogs? Uh, did, did you find not. any of those bets, bets available anywhere for the CHL playoffs? Uh, you know, had I, had I had a little time to research it, I would have. But uh, that's actually that's a great tournament. I'm, you know, I'm a big Frozen Four guy, but I've been to one Memorial Cup. I went in Hamilton, Ontario. This long enough ago that Eric Lindros was playing in it. And uh, it was Kitchener Rangers. uh uh, Hamilton, the host team gets to play. Yeah. And then who did uh, Lindros play for? Was he a Kitchener guy or somebody else? I, I don't know. I can't I remember, remember that much, but that was nuts, man. Uh, packed arena and everybody drinking hard and partying hard. And that was a good time. I, I get, I get the Canadian obsession with their major junior programs. The winner of the Western hockey league, the Edmonton Oil Kings, coached by former Pittsburgh Penguin legend Brad Lauer, if you need him. I thought he played here longer than he did. It was 21 games. I went back and looked. There was only 21 games the Penguins. I'd rather see a team coached by Matt Lauer. <laughs> but he'd probably have to go to Canada to do that because I don't think he's allowed to do anything in the U.S. anymore. Um, yeah, so let's get to the Stanley Cup Finals. Decided to bet the Avalanche. I'm betting the Avalanche in game one. I'm betting the Avalanche for the cup, but I was struggling, Mike, the best analogy I can come up with is with this scenario as it's laid out the goaltending advantage for the Tampa Bay lightning with Vasilevsky. It seems so pronounced, right? Rare are the times where you see the underdog gambling wise that has this disproportionate of an advantage when it comes to goalie or quarterback. Like one of the few times that leaps to mind where it goes the other direction and it worked out for somebody who was betting on uh, the team that had the lesser player at that position, um, Nick Foles. Like Nick Foles at quarterback with the Eagles beat Tom Brady. But the difference being the Patriots were the heavy favorite in that game. Like you don't see the underdog in that situation very often with the lesser player by far at goalie or quarterback. I don't, I don't like it, Tim. Uh... I'm going the other way. I'm going Tampa. Uh, now, full disclosure, in the first three rounds, I've bet Tampa six times. 
and uh, the Lightning have come through for me every time. I bet them at the start of every series. I bet them uh, when they were trailing in games against Toronto because the odds went in my favor, and I bet again on them after each of the first two losses against the Rangers. So I'm in love with the Lightning, and uh, I, I have a hard time knowing when to walk away when, when a team is doing good things for me. You referenced that a minute ago talking about baseball. Uh, but the goaltending thing is real to me. Uh, I also think Tampa has a, a huge advantage in coaching just because John Cooper is a two-time cup winner. Uh, I think uh, the game one, uh, I kind of like the lightning tonight because I think you're going to see the rust factor uh, rear its ugly head for Colorado, the layoff for the avalanche, almost as long as the Tampa Bay layoff was uh, coming into that Ranger series. And I also think Tampa's had a tougher road. Um, we'll see. Uh, I, I think it should be an even series, and it's not. And that's why all the the value is with Tampa. I think I think these teams are very evenly matched. I'm looking at Bet Rivers right now. You got to go minus 162 if you want Colorado. I get one plus 140 if I'm going Lightning for the series. Um, I'll take it. I'll, I'll I'll take the juice. I think one thing that has to be analyzed beyond the matchup in net, which is so clearly towards Tampa Bay, is that when you look at the numbers that Colorado has put up, and I keep talking about the series, the more I talk about it, the more I'm talking myself into the lightning winning it. So maybe I should just stop talking about it because my bet's in already. But <laughs> the Avs haven't gone up against very good goalies either. No, they have not. That's it's, a very it's Very not just point. that they've got the better goalie going against them in this series. You look at the offense for the Avs, is it going to be the same that we've seen in the first three rounds when they went up against Soros' backup, they knocked out the starter from St. Louis and went against Huso, the backup there, and then Mike Smith, who's always has been and always will be Mike Smith. That's just who he will be, and they tortured all those guys because they're really good offensively, but those goaltenders aren't really good, so... Can you count on the offense from the avalanche? I don't think you can. I'll throw in one more factor. Uh, Tampa Bay shut down Florida, which scored at an historic rate in the regular season. And as that Rangers series progressed, man, the last couple of games, New York couldn't even get quality chances five on five. Uh, Tampa Bay is, has evolved into a team you know, when the Lightning first jumped into prominence, it was an offensive juggernaut, and they were just going to outskill you and outscore you. And they can they can win either way now. Uh, they they can shut a game down. Uh, they're so patient. I think it's three game-winning goals within the final two minutes of regulation in the playoffs so far. Only the 1995 Devils pulled that off. They don't panic. They don't blink. And what if they get Braden Point back? The word out of Tampa was that if he doesn't play in game one, he's going to at least play in game two. So he's not going to miss much if any time in this series. That's a you know 14-goal score the last two playoff years. Uh, another guy for that power play, another one-time option from the high slot. Um, Colorado might be needing to go through this to win it next year. At least that's what I'm talking myself into. Well, it's weird, Mike. It's almost like you're describing a hockey team that was very highly skilled and offensively oriented with a lot of star players that as they've gotten older and evolved or devolved, they've changed their game, which I didn't think was allowed. And they've done it effectively. They haven't just talked about it. Mm. They, they haven't. 
they have implemented the changes of which they spoke. They haven't said we're going to play defense and then refuse to do so. They've actually done it. And oh, by the way, they have a really good goalie. And speaking of goalies, Colorado has gotten uh, to the Stanley Cup final with uh, its backup playing six games and its starter playing six games. So apparently you can win if you don't have your starting goaltender. It's not against the rules. And Tampa Bay, as I just mentioned, didn't have Braden Point, the leading goal scorer in the postseason for the Lightning the last two years. He didn't play in rounds two or three, and yet here they are. So circumstantially, Tim, it doesn't matter to Colorado or Tampa. Yeah, the circumstances from Ron Hextall. And uh, it's funny because you bring that up, and I was doing my – you mad bro Q and a where I go back and forth with readers who send in angry emails or tweets. And some guy tweeted at me words to the effect of, are the penguins really going to keep Malkin and Latang and try to k- take another kick at the can after they failed doing so for the last five years. And my response was yes, they are going to take another kick at the can and inevitably Sidney Crosby is going to break his foot in so doing and the penguins will blame the can. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> I, I could I could see that. Right. You should just write that up. And then next year, all you have to do is hit send. That's right. I'll just keep the same tweet, keep the same email and reload T- over and over again. Type in the name of the team that beats them in the first round and then uh, go from there. So our Mark Madden is suggesting that the Penguins are going to make a big time offer to Latang, that it's going to be in the neighborhood large enough that it's going to be up to Latang to make the decision as to whether or not he wants to stay. It's going to be sizable. It is going to be opinion swaying potentially. Is that the wrong move, Mike? I would prefer to see that they take this $16.7 million that they've got between these two guys and play in free agency and play in a trade market. My God, I saw that list of 25 trade options from Frank Saravalli at the Daily Faceoff. I'm like, the Penguins could use 14 of these guys and they could get at least four or five of them if they use the cap money right. They could probably use different guys. We had Double M on the DVE morning show today. And he said he was guessing that Latang offer was going to be uh, three years, $8 million a year, which he doesn't think will be enough to keep Latang in Pittsburgh screening goaltenders and not playing any net front defense. I don't know why they'd want either one of those guys back. And if Ron Hextall was just giving lip service to the fans and they're trying to get out of this with, yeah, we really wanted it, but we just couldn't work it out. You it know, was their it was, decision. It was their decision, not us. We wanted to keep it. It was circumstances, whatever. Uh, run them out of town, carry them out of town. Um, you've got a number one line, Gensel Crosby and Rust. You've got Mike Matheson in place to be your defensive quarterback. And presumably you got Jari. The rest of it, you need to retool. Uh, They got to get better at grinding. They got to get more physical. They got to get defensemen who can actually play defense. They got to get some tough guys who know how to respond when they perceive the other team to be taking liberties with their star players. Um, They need uh, not a makeover, an overhaul. And it's not like the cupboard's bare, but it's not well stocked. And bringing back expired products ain't going to help. I think the cupboard is well stocked when it comes to players that are able to be acquired free agency and trade-wise which makes it all the more frustrating to me if they do go down that path of just rebooting what they didn't do last year. Let's get to the Steelers, Mike, and how much change is going on there or how little change is going on there record-wise. I did see some shifting uh, when it came to betting as it related to the AFC North. Uh, I saw the Browns down to plus 250 to win the North. 
The Steelers crept closer a little bit. I think I saw 850 at one point, 900. Uh, it's still a little bit in favor of the Ravens, plus 190 to plus 210 when it comes to the North odds. I still don't know why the Bengals aren't the overwhelming favorite to win the division. Uh, that makes me wonder. Uh, I feel like I should get into the Bengals now. That feels like a pretty safe bet to me, actually. Oh, no. But- don't do that. Uh, here's my advice on futures in the NFL. Wait until everybody gets out of training camp. Because yeah. too much too much can change. Well, the problem is the Ravens get everybody hurt in training camp all the time. <laughs> everybody will start betting on the Bengals because the Ravens get everybody hurt. No one's going to bet on the other two. I'm just telling you, a lot can happen between now and September the 11th. Yes, again. Yeah. And it, it can be fortune changing. Um, you know, I, I like to kind of line stuff up at this time of year and circle what I'm going to do, but I don't pull the trigger until I've got a little better idea. I mean, even a, a, a bet the team to win the division or bet an over under that still is so injury dependent during the season. It's, it's, a, it's risky enough. I don't want to, I don't want to give the football gods uh, an extra three months to mess with me. If the Steelers can get themselves a fifth or a sixth for Rudolph, will they trade him? That depends if they would trust Pickett as the backup or not. That's what I'm asking. Yeah. In, well, a, think- in other words, that's the roundabout way of me asking is what we're seeing at minicamp real. If the, real, real with Trubisky being the starter, real with their preference of Rudolph being the number two. I don't know about the latter. Um I think they want Trubisky to be the starter, but let's let's just go back to training camp last year. Remember when Dwayne Haskins came for the OTAs and the mini camp and the spring stuff, and uh, everybody started oohing and on about his arm and oh, this guy was a, you know he was a mid round, mid first round pick, fifteenth overall, whatever he was, and he's got talent, blah blah blah. And we were wondering if he's going to be able to change his situation. Now he ended up at training camp and in the first couple preseason games, practicing and playing so well, he forced them to give him a shot to start the preseason finale against Carolina. I think if he'd have done really well there, he might've been the backup last year, but he stunk. And so he got himself buried again. It's, it's not going to be a competition in terms of a race. And they're going to line the three guys up and they're going to get equal opportunities. And you see who crosses the tape first. They have expectations in mind for all three of them, I think. And it's up to each guy to change those to his benefit. And I think the training camp situation and three preseason games does give you a chance to do that if you do it well enough. If Kenny Pickett wants to be the backup, hit the ground running in Latrobe and light it up. Uh, but if they're going to, you're asking me, would they take a fifth or sixth for Mason Rudolph? I don't think they'd do that today. I think they'd do that September 4th. Maybe. If, yeah, you know. I, I get what you're saying, but I, I think that I wonder if they're spooked by what happened in 2019. Like they want to have as much quarterback depth as humanly possible, and they're willing to just ride out not using their 20th overall draft pick at all this season, which they might. Doesn't align very much with the notion of we're always feeling like, you know, we can contend for a Super Bowl. Um, if you're saying that you were nine and seven last year and then you're grooming the future at the quarterback position to not have a guy play this year because you're, you're starting the Bills back up, you know, like there's, there's a disconnect there in philosophy. Well, I, I think the better analogy is uh, Kansas City. Uh, Alex Smith, who had a longer track record than Trubisky, but kind of the same guy. Uh, good, not great, uh, effective, not championship caliber. And Patrick Mahomes sat his first year and uh, didn't seem to stunt his growth. 
but could they have beaten the Steelers in the playoffs if Patrick Mahomes was their quarterback? When then or now? Then. <laughs> I think we know the answer now. Yeah, I've seen that. Uh, the one what thing was I, that was that the year that they played the Steelers, or was the Steelers the year before that? When they beat Alex Smith in the postseason, they did beat Alex Smith. That, that was the field goal game in Kansas City, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, there you go. Okay, so yeah, I, may, I might be a year off in my analysis there, but you I would like point. to see. I'd like to see Pickett be number two, because I think so that trade gets, Mason Rudolph for a fifth or a sixth. Then that gets him if he proves he can be the two, and I think he can. Uh, that gets him some practice reps, and that puts. Uh, the onus hanging over his preparation of, Hey kid, you're one snap away. You better be ready. And not that he would be, you know, less than uh, forthright and going after his, his uh, assignments and learning everything. But when, when you're on the brink or you're two spots away, I think there's a different mentality uh, that can creep in. So I'd, I'd like to see him prepare like he's going to play each and every week. And I'd like to see Trubisky actually play each and every week. Well, speaking and, of uh, NFL futures and how you can things can go wrong, like you were talking about, I mean, Kenny Pickett on some sites was the gambling favorite to win rookie of the year. And I saw that. And I'm like, why is that the case? No one knows if he's really going to start or not. In fact, he might not win rookie of the year on his own team. I mean, like Pickens might be the best rookie. Like Pickens could re- win the Joe Green Award at the end of the season, right? Easily, easily. He's he's certainly gonna have a better chance to do so starting on September 11th. I'd be pretty sure. Who's gonna play the slot? What do you think about that conversation? I think it'll be a multiple uh, deal. Are they gonna go what four wide a lot more than we anticipate? I'm guessing three wide, a running back and a tight end, or maybe I'm curious, uh, a guy I'm going to have my eye on going into uh, Latrobe is Derek Watt. I, I think he's been underused. Uh, I wouldn't mind two wide receivers, a tight end, a fullback and a running back. And, and uh, especially one Watt is actually pretty good in the passing. If you used to use him in it. Yeah. I, I think, I think the big thing about the offense, the choice that has to be made here is what they're going to do with Fryermuth and how much they perceive him to be one of the three or four best options, because yeah, generally I think Mike next to the Rams, weren't they the team that played 11 personnel the most frequently in the national football league? I take that back. It was the Rams, the Bengals, the two teams that went to the super bowl, then the Steelers, when it came to 11 personnel, a back, a tight end and three wide receivers. Fryermuth, I think is easily one of their three best pass catching options. No question. So, so if they want to go with four, wide receivers to get Pickens on the field with Claypool and Deontay Johnson and then go with a fourth, like one experiment with one of these slot guys, to me, that's counterintuitive. I think you still remain with 11 personnel a bunch because those are your best players, clearly. And you still have questions at the slot to begin with. So Deontay Johnson strikes me as the best option in the slot, but some of the things that we have been excuse making for on his behalf like catches and drops being in close proximity to the line of scrimmage quick throws having to run and catch the ball at the same time that is conducive to a player who plays in the slot not an outside guy yeah i just i i think it's going to look a lot different and I, I think it'll be clear who gets used where and how often once we get a look at this offense but when you're talking about a lot of 
play action bootleg, play action misdirection, jet sweep. Uh, it doesn't matter so much, and I don't think it's going to matter so much where the guys actually line up. Uh, I can't wait to see this unfold. I think it's going to be really interesting, and I think we're going to come out of uh, training camp. Everybody's going to be raving about the Matt Cannon offense because we're going to forget that until we get really excited about it. We should wait and see whether or not it works first. Yeah, but it's good. it works against opponents who are not the Steelers' defense, especially yeah. in the first six weeks when they play some pretty good teams. It's going to work in practice, Tim. Oh, I think it'll be fantastic in practice. And I think that we yeah. will blow it completely out of proportion what we're seeing in practice because – Oh, I know one guy who's going to do that. <laughs> you know, like, I think one of the best points Madden has made in recent memory is he was grousing on his show about nobody wants to talk about the quarterbacks anymore and the Steelers because that's all we've done since March, since February, is nonstop off-season Steeler analysis. Now here we are where everybody's – actually get ready to play and we've almost talked it out we've gone through every permutation of a discussion that clearly we're overanalyzing what took place in minicamp yeah that's what we do i feel like it's been it's been even worse this year why wouldn't we i mean we're gonna talk about the baseball team it was i was gonna say that two other things have come into play here the hockey team has gone out early for the fourth straight year and the baseball team is as bad as it's ever been yeah so how about that seven shots with no shoulder pads (laughs) No, All right, that'll do it for this week. It's going to be again, fun. Let's go lightning. Again, brought to you by Bet Rivers. We'll get more into the Stanley Cup Finals uh, next week. We'll be halfway through it. And uh, Mike and I will also talk a little bit more looking ahead to training camp as well. And uh, we'll see how doubleheader bets and bet against the Buckos go. Because uh, those are two trends that continue even when they run into each other. Like two oncoming trains. And Mike got smushed in the middle last night. And we'll see if Draymond Green can actually play a good game in Boston. This is the Pittsburgh CityCast, and it's brought to you by Bet Rivers.